0: Welcome to the Tech Today podcast, powered by CEO Raider. It's your host, John Mayetta. Visit us online at techtoday.com for the latest in technology-related news and content. Visit us at ceorader.com to anonymously rate your CEO in your company. And today I wanted to talk about debt. We've talked a lot about fiscal and monetary policy since, since COVID started, or really since the first... Uh, quote-unquote stimulus tranche went out and the reason is because these debt levels are unprecedented and the issue is not going away and I know it's not a a subject that that millions and millions of Americans are are fired up about or that find entertaining or that find exciting but you really should get fired up about it because the debt levels we're taking on in a current crop of politicians know better they're selfish as all hell They know it's going to take multiple generations to pay off. So it's not going to be your kids. It's not going to be your grandkids that are going to pay it off, great grandkids. It's going to be multiple generations to pay off the current debt level. And we all know that subsequent administrations are going to continue to run fiscal deficits. So it's likely that the debt level is going to grow, that it's only going to get worse, which means it's likely to never get paid off. The likely outcome is some number of years down the road, and that's the million-dollar question, but that the government defaults on the debt it's issued, that it can't pay bondholders. That's the most likely outcome. And you could say this: this loosening policy has been policy since World War II, post World War II. Um, the, the 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 period that I'm most familiar with, having lived through it as a as a an investment professional began in in 2008 with the financial crisis. And that's when we you know we built up the banks too big to fail. 800 billion in that first tranche quantitative easing and the 800 billion was a once in a lifetime event and the uh quantitative easing was a was a temporary one-off event that would uh a, a tool to be used until the markets normalized and and then we would you know be done with it. And of course, what we did is we've maintained low interest rates since then. As a result, we have record debt, record corporate debt, and record uh, public debt. And on the, the federal side or the public side, we have debt levels that are you know, approaching 140% of, of, of GDP. And QE, of course, has become a uh, par-for-the-course daily operation. So much for a one-off, as Milton Friedman said. There's nothing more p- permanent than a temporary government program, and it's these liberal politicians that we keep electing—the Bushes, the Obamas, the Trumps, now Biden. Remember when Trump, uh, uh, the 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 two trillion dollar uh, tranche, which was supposed to be that was supposed to be a once-in-a-lifetime event. Oh, we're doing two trillion. It feels like overkill, but we're doing. We're doing this at former uh, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin because once we, uh, once we roll out this $2 trillion stimulus, we'll never need to do anything like it again. This will take care of everything. Then a few short months later, we roll out a, a second stimulus under Trump. Uh, the, the, the payments went out in December, $900 billion. So that brought the total up to around uh, $3 trillion. And who knows what these programs will actually cost, right, when the, when the, when the tallies is finally completed it's likely to run higher than than what was what was budgeted that that initial estimate right the two trillion the nine hundred billion then the one point nine and now we're talking about three to four to five for an infrastructure program under Biden, which is everything but infrastructure infrastructure is a fraction of of, of the program and i'll do a separate podcast on, on a breakdown on the uh, on the proposed Bill for infrastructure. I haven't had a chance to go through that yet. So after we do the the nine hundred billion in December, then we do another one point nine trillion because the economy is going to die without it. So of, of course, the one point nine trillion under Biden, the the, the the initial two billion under Trump, the nine hundred billion under Trump it doesn't stimulate the economy, it doesn't stimulate the economy, it creates inflation, it creates inflation, creates moral hazard because now you've got God knows how many people that are home. Uh, collecting a check from the government that would otherwise be working. And these payments are not going away. I think I said this months ago. I, I know I said it uh, you know, fairly recently, but I believe I said it maybe back on the first tranche under Trump. But now you've got the expectation for some number of voters here in the United States, single-digit millions, if not double-digit millions, that are now expecting that, that check. So I think you will see, and I know we wrote about it at Tech today, you will see... A version of universal basic income. These 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 welfare checks aren't going away. So now you have young people being taught that it's okay to stay home and not be productive. Right? So now both parties are gonna to want to write these checks because they believe if they stop writing checks, they're gonna lose the vote from that cohort, that voter cohort that's expecting the check. So both parties are guilty. We have two liberal parties, one that's a little bit more liberal than the other. And I'm putting social issues aside from now, even though social issues are being dragged into this because a lot of, uh, for example, under the infrastructure, quote-unquote, program that, that Biden wants to roll out, a lot of uh, th- th- those dollars are going to, to, to fund political, political issues, obviously, right? Just like on the, on the $1.9 trillion tranche, the, you know, the, the, the states and locals got, what, $286 billion. I did that breakdown a couple of weeks ago. You could read through that. I mean, that, that, that was a, a program not to restore the economy. It's, it's to pay off political constituencies to execute the various political programs that they want to roll out in their states and local governments and, of course, at the, at the federal level. They take care of their own wealth, they being both the Republicans and the Democrats. Right? What, 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 do, what do all federal workers get on, the, on, the most, on those $1.9 trillion tranche for 15 weeks? Uh, paid vacation, if they so choose. If they're too nervous to go back to work, don't worry; enough you know, to come back to work. Uh, too nervous because of uh, COVID, uh, you 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 can stay home and collect 15 weeks uh, worth of, of of paid leave. Right? That doesn't fly in the private sector, but it flies in the in the in the public sector, whether we're talking f- federal or state. And so. I can promise you that the, the 4 to 5000000000000 trillion won't, won't be the last that we'll see. It may be the last that we'll see under, under Biden. But I, I told you a number of times you're going to see two tranches this year under Biden. They'll get them done early so that those of us who aren't fans of all of this money printing uh, would hopefully forget in time for the 2022 midterms and certainly in time for the, uh, the, the, the 24 general election. Right, So get it all done early. Do all the spending early. And then I get in arguments with my investor friends, institutional investors who you think would know better but who think maybe you know, debt doesn't matter and think everybody, everything's back to normal uh, or will be back to normal in a few weeks uh, once everything sort of reopens. Well, a couple things wrong with that hypothesis. Number one, you lost roughly 25% of all restaurants in, in small hotels, motels in the, in the uh, uh, restaurant, hospi- travel, hospitality in the industry. right? So those, those jobs aren't, aren't coming back. So number one, you have fewer people that will be employed in March, April, May, June, July, when things are quote-unquote uh, back to normal, which of course they're not. So labor participation this summer, this fall, will be lower than it was in December 2019. Right? So we have lower labor participation, number one. Number two, you have much higher debt levels. Right, We've got uh, at least $10 trillion in, in new stimulus-related debt, and then you've got all the QE that goes on top of that. And I don't have the number in front of me, but you've got uh, a, a, a debt level that, that's risen by low double-digit trillions. Right? We haven't had debt to GDP at these levels since World War II. And that those those days, the World War II days, the United States was a net exporter. We were a net producer. Now we're a net importer. Right? We don't produce anything. So we have trade deficits. We're running a one to two trillion a year annual fiscal deficit. And then we're doing these quote unquote one off programs, which aren't one off. They're adding three trillion here, four trillion there, two trillion there. So we're running at a loss. At a time when fewer people are working, uh, at a time when debt's at record levels, and then you gotta add in the, uh, the third leg to the stool, which is higher tax rates. You know, Biden's gonna roll out higher corporate and individual taxes. So, fewer people working, record debt levels, and higher taxes. How is the economy going to be better and stronger uh, than it was in 2019, 2018, 2017? Right? It's gonna be weaker. Weaker. That's another reason why interest rates will go up. There, there are some of us out there who it's not so much, oh, the economy is running hot. It's Jesus Christ. We've got a shitload of debt on the books. Less people are working. And this economy, is a, it, it's built on a mountain of debt. It's a debt-driven economy. And we're, we're not the only ones. And that's the, the only reason why the dollar hasn't completely plummeted. I think it lost 13% last year. But you've got... The euro, all the other central banks are doing the same thing. They're they're, they're printing like drunken sailors. So the dollar relative to the other countries, uh, you know, we're all making poor decisions at the central bank level. So both monetary policy and fiscal policy is is dramatically flawed, given that the default position on both the fiscal side and the monetary side is to, you know, lay on more debt, layer on more debt, print more capital to to subsidize the new debt issuances. And, and that's the playbook. Right. Which is why I said uh, a month or so ago and then reiterated a couple weeks ago that the Fed's not going to raise rates in the near term. It can't afford to. It can't handle uh, the country can't handle uh, the, the, the debt service expense. So the Fed's going to keep rates low. And not only will, will they keep the rate low, they'll exercise yield curve, yield curve control which I, I think they're doing. It looks like the 10-year, the 20-year, and the 30-year over the past four days has, uh, you know, it's, it's come back in. So you've got to believe that's the, that's the Fed out there uh, as, as, a, as, a, as a buyer uh, working to, to cap rates. So you, you can't print in perpetuity, you can't issue debt in perpetuity, because at some point you are got to pay this stuff back and at some point, you're not going to be able to pay this stuff back. And I, I feel like we're already there. I think that uh, we've bitten off more than we could chew. And at some point, we default. And the dollar crashes. It's that simple. And that's not why Bitcoin's up. My barber isn't invested in, in Bitcoin because he's, because he's concerned with inflation. But he, because he's concerned that the, the dollar is losing, is losing value. It's a speculative asset. Way too many of these guys uh, who were in Bitcoin, who are, who are pitching their Bitcoin ETFs or what have you, who are you know positing on CNBC and these other uh, outlets that the reason why Bitcoin has taken off is because people are concerned in with inflation. Come on. Come on. So he's hoping that Gary Gensler, when he, when, uh, I don't know if he's had his first day as SEC chairman, uh, but it's eminent if he's not already officially SEC chairman. I, I haven't uh, looked at the news on him in, in several days. Uh, but let, let's hope he gets tougher on on all the cryptocurrency fraud, on all the corporate fraud, and stops this nonsense around um, uh, slapping companies and people with fines where they neither have to admit guilt nor innocence. You know, They just kind of pay a toll and get to continue to play. That practice is getting old. So I'm not hopeful that the Fed will do what it should and and get the economy under control. Uh, I think we're going to need to have a, a new chairman before that happens, and I think we're going to have to have a crisis before that happens. They're going to keep this party running as long as they can, even though it's making it worse by the day. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I've got fingers crossed, that on the, on the enforcement side, that SEC Chairman Gary Gensler... Uh, you know, gets gets rid of all the, the froth in the markets, insofar as it's it's um, that that froth is is related to, to fraud, uh, and behavior that even toes the line. You know, we've got too many of these, uh, SPAC promoters on, on the news and on social media promoting their their wares and running pump and dumps and things like this, which is just outrageous behavior. So the government clearly at the moment does not care about eradicating fraud from the markets. That's all for now, see you next time.